Hello, hello, my favorite people, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are tuning in to another interview, which was absolutely phenomenal. I was so excited to have Kristen on the podcast and talk about, not only talk about Enneagram, if you're not familiar with it, tune in anyways. If you're unsure about it, tune in anyways, because she has so much to say about how this tool is often being misused, how you can utilize it to be a better leader, to be a healthier human being, to be growing personally and develop your skills, your qualities, your characteristics. So Kristen Edwards... She's a leadership coach, speaker, and the host of the Amplify Ambition podcast and a true multi-passionate strategist. She combines her corporate experience and degrees in communication and psychology to inspire business owners to confidently elevate their leadership. This has been such a beautiful interview with Kristen. We talked about Enneagram. We talked about how you can utilize it, the do's and don'ts of your Enneagram, how to use it to become a better leader, how to speak up and stand up for yourself in this crazy world. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We started talking in the background. I was like, oh my gosh, questions bubbling up. You buckle up, guys. Uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. So aside from your official bio that I introduced you in in the introduction, would you tell us about your story? How did you become a leadership coach? You have a beautiful story that led you to this place today. And of course, we'll zero in on your specialties and what you teach. And we'll talk about some cool stuff people write about internet and post memes and all of that. But we're going to talk about your story first. Would you tell us yeah. who you are? Yeah. So, I mean, how did I end up on this path? Frankly, I went to school for it. I studied communication and psychology with a focus on leadership development. I've always wanted to do this. I didn't know it looked like this at all, but the theory of leadership speaking and helping others was something that I always wanted. And I thought you had to do it in corporate America and climb the ladder for that success. So, I completed my degrees and started working in training and development. Um, I did diversity training, I did recruiting, um, and I've really always kind of helped people get the next job or the best possible thing that they could, you know, internal promotions for their careers. Um, And then I was getting passed out on promotions because I was second best or they had already filled their diversity quota or some other random not so good because I was also in sales excuse that they would give me on why they weren't promoting me but wanted me to stick around and so I ventured out on my own um one I kind of wanted some travel and vacation money since I wasn't getting the promotion and the pay bump I had to make that extra money somewhere um and so I started doing the same trainings I was doing in corporate America I started doing at churches and other nonprofit organizations, um, school settings, that kind of thing. And then slowly it's evolved. I became a life coach and was doing it one-on-one. And then in 2019, I discovered the online space, which I'm glad I did because we all know how the last two years have gone. Um, So I found online entrepreneurship just on time. But the heart of it and why I do what I do is because I one, believe that representation matters. I know what it's like in corporate America to be one of few women, one of the only people of color. The online space is not any 
better um, in doing that. We might see a lot of women, but we don't necessarily see true diversity across all aspects of age and different backgrounds, ethnicities, religion, all sorts of things on that side. Um, and even when I started seeing this coaching world, I only really knew of like 60 year old white men. And at the time I was like 24 <laughs> um, and I'm a black woman. You're hearing my voice, but you're not seeing me. So I always felt like I didn't fit or I had to prove too much in order to belong. And so at the core of why I do what I do is I believe that we are all leaders, but we also deserve to be represented in every single space that we work in. And it, um, I do it for the online space, but I believe representation matters across every industry. Yeah, you have a beautiful story that is full of challenges. And you shared a couple of personal examples with me in the background, in terms of how you were discriminated against and how you were not treated properly or justly, right? And I feel like that's probably going to be another reason for having you in a podcast talk about that part. Because I feel like that the voice matter, no matter who you are, the voice matters. And I have, a, I'll be honest with you, completely honestly, I'm still walking on eggshells after all events of the last few years. I'm still learning. I'm still reading books about that piece for sure, because I believe now one of my favorite books is I'm looking at my shelf is um, Playing Big by Tara Moore, how she inspires women to speak up and stop playing small and how we all need to get together for that. And I feel like the leadership, we can talk about leadership a lot today. And I do want to specify a little bit of what you share, like the little bit of juice of it. Uh, but I think it's your story inspires me to think if you are there, if you experienced this, if you felt like, okay, these John Maxwell kind of looking guys, like this is only one side of the story. How about women with your path? You also shared that you're a single mom. You are pushing through so, so many challenges, push through so many challenges on your own. If you're there, there are many more women there who struggle. Like I have the voice. I want to speak up but I'm afraid of judgment, discrimination, uh, unjust actions, and so, so, so many things against me. Like, how do I become a leader? We're going to address this in a little bit, but I do want to ask you, what were the biggest aha moments for you on this journey in the last yeah. decade, I would say, right? You shared. Yeah. So I literally grew up on John Maxwell books. You mentioned him, and I think I've read probably 60 of wow. his 110 books that he's published over the last 40 years or so. So like when I say that I love the leadership space and I, I believe in what these guys are doing, but I was convinced that I was like literally the only person and I was alone on this island. And it wasn't until, and not comparing myself to the Me Too statement or that, that era of time, but like it's that exact same piece. You don't know that you're alone on your island until one person speaks up and then someone says, I've had a very similar situation. I also know what it's like. And so I am the daughter of immigrants. I was used to being one of the few Black people in a situation. I um, minored in math and computer science. I was used to being one of the few women in situations. And so that part never fully phased me. I was like, great, I'm going to push through and overcome. And trust me, I heard all the things, but I was able to kind of mentally push through and progress through those situations. But at no point had I ever even considered that I would be held back because of it, because my entire childhood and even, you know, academic career in college, I was able to prove, yeah. hey, I belong here. But um, it was, you know, I would 
be supervising interns and my interns would be getting the gold star. And I'm like, who do you think told them what they know? Like, you know, kind of, kind of the thing. And so it was definitely a hard pill to swallow. No, you're not alone, but honestly, that discrimination will always keep coming in a different way, shape or form. And I've seen it from my age. I've seen it from my race. I've seen it from my gender. I've seen it from my religion. Um, I've seen it. I mean, my parents are Jamaican. It's a great culture and everyone loves going on vacation there. But then all of a sudden people will try to find something stupid and ignorant to say about it as well. And I'm like, slow down, folks. I will defend my people, (laughs) you know, at the same time. So there's always something. But what makes you a leader is not your title. It's not your paycheck. It's not how many people you're managing. You're a leader when you make confident decisions, when you're willing to share your truth and create change in whatever way you can. And sometimes that's really small change. Sometimes that's globally recognized change, but you're a leader when you're committed to making a difference. And so as business owners, the day you say, I'm starting a business and I want to deliver a transformation in whatever industry you're in, that's what makes you a leader. It's not about if you've made a million dollars or you have a team of 20. Um, And so it's a hard thing to accept because society has told us that managers are leaders, Mm -hmm. um, but leaders have nothing to do with the number of people on a team either. Yeah. Yeah. We, you have, the more you uncovering about your story, I just can't imagine what you went through and how hard it was to break through all of those layers and pillars and still stand up for yourself, stand up for your people, stand up for your race, stand up for women. And I know that in your job as a leadership coach, you support women to amplify their voice in a way to teach them the leadership leadership skills. So they just don't think that they have to stay in that bubble and just conform to the rules that exist. And in a way, this is the trailblazing in the industry. We don't talk about it enough. We don't speak to women like you enough. And I think that's why in a way it, it was a total gut pull to pull you out from the crowd of people I'm surrounded with, right? But I'm so happy I did just to hear you talk about those things. So the challenges you experienced as being alone and going through this massive adversity and still being encouraged because you committed to, I want to make sure others know about this because I've experienced this. This is the pain point. Point. What helped you on this path? What helped you to break through those hard, hard, hard challenges? Yeah. So my core circle, like my true friends, honestly, my mom has more guts than I do. Um, and so I've definitely <laughs> been, thanks mom. Uh, yeah. So I've definitely been surrounded by really strong and encouraging people. And as I spoke, more people would approach me and say, Hey, I actually resonate with this part of your story. Let's see how we can collaborate, join forces and make a difference together. So we hear the thing like your circle matters and your environment matters. But for me, it's what got me through. Part of that was a therapist. Um, <laughs> you know, that was other podcasts, listen to audiobooks. Like, but a lot of it is surrounding myself with people that were able to say, yes, that was tough, but let's get back up and keep going. And that's really the type of coach that I am as well. Like we've all had some not so fun things, but are you going to stay down? Are you going to get up and show those people and prove them wrong? Um, And so 
you know, that's, that's my philosophy of life is let's go prove them wrong. And so like, let's, I like that. Yeah. Like your challenger. And this is also a question that I have. We just talked about the Enneagram ties and this is, we're going to be diving as you can see from the topic of this podcast, we are going to dive into Enneagram stuff, but I wonder what do you teach now? You've learned those valuable hardcore lessons what do you teach women? Who is a woman who's coming to you as a coach? How do you support them? They say, okay, I'm, if you're listening to this now, like I need someone like Kristen in my life, what are they going to get from coaching from you? How do you work with women? Yeah. So I've developed the step leadership methodology and really it's a fun acronym because who doesn't love an acronym, but the first part is setting really clear intentions. I talked about that decision-making component. What are your goals? What are you going to do? What's that transformation you provide in your business? What matters most to you and not just what and how, but also why. Um, And then after that, we add in the trait theory of psychology. Um, And so I have a master's degree in psychology. There's a lot of great assessment tools out there. You know, right now it's human design is really big on social media. Before I got into the Enneagram, I was a disc facilitator. I guess I'm still a disc facilitator, but I use it a lot less um, at this point. But the Enneagram really spoke to me on a personal level. It wasn't just about putting me in a box, it actually kind of removed the barriers of that box. It gave me vocabulary about myself that really allowed me to understand. I always thought I was the weird girl. I always thought I didn't fit in. And now it's like, oh, it's good to not fit in. It's awesome to be different. Here's what (laughs) I can take. And that's actually how I attract my ideal clients is because I know this is what makes me weird. So all the weird people, let's go this way um, in comparison to always trying to fit in. And so I use the Enneagram. Um, one, it gives you that self-awareness. It helps you with that confidence, but then you can develop your communication strategies. So that's the E is effective communication. And so mostly where we're communicating as business owners is on social media, in our marketing. So how do I communicate the value that I offer that resonates with people in a way that great, we're on the same page. We're not just on the same chapter, we're on the exact same page. And I know that we can collaborate together, that we can succeed together, that I can help you personally, professionally, on a health journey, whatever it might be, but we're able to um, find that connection and communicate in a way that we both understand and receive. Cause it's not just like, well, I had good intentions when I said it. It's like, well, how was your tone? How was your body language? <laughs> um, you know, all the other things that kind of come into that, that layer of it and really being authentic. This is who I am. When you have that um, self-awareness from the Enneagram, you can be really authentic in your communication strategies, which is what makes you effective. And then the P is professional development. You should never stop learning. You should never stop growing. You should never stop trying to become a better version of yourself. And so one, consistently showing up in your business, but also be ready to make those changes and evolve as the world around us is changing, as you grow as a person, really understanding where you can always improve. Um, And even John Maxwell himself will say Mm -hmm. he's still learning and growing and the dude's 75. Um, So if at 75, you're still learning, then definitely for those of us in our 20s, 30s, 40s, in our business or in our personal lives to still have that commitment to learning, exploring and developing so that we can become a better version every day in how we influence others around us. So um, the Enneagram to me becomes a really core piece of that leadership because you can't develop yourself until you truly know yourself and you definitely can't grow a business until the business owner knows what's going on inside as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. What a beautiful process. So step and and just reiterate for me, S was for set clear intentions, setting yeah. goals, set clear intentions. T was trait theory, um, which is a type of psychology. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yes. Then we had E for effective communication, communication effective communication. And P was professional development P for professional development. See, I already forgot everything. Gosh, <laughs> we're going to link this. I'm going to make sure. No, no, no. It's good. It's really clear and it's unique. And I feel like what I hear you saying a lot is for ambitious women who are just ready, but don't know how, like, how the heck do I do this? Break through these walls. Also step up. Let's talk about how uncomfortable it is to step out anywhere from your pajama pants to another to asking for promotion or to start in a business. And also, I love that you said about business, that you work with business owners. Can you, um, not elaborate, but I want to ask you a question. Do you think that professional development and personal growth is just <laughs> basically being an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, how can you successfully show up in a business and sell anything? I don't care if it's paper clips. How do you do that without having yeah. some internal things getting processed? And so, especially in the coaching space, I think more than some other aspects, like a lot of us put our personal stories or even if we're not using our personal story in what we coach, that's what inspired that coaching element of what we do and so how do you remove the person from the business mm -hmm. and so and as even as your business grows if you're if your goal is to be a billion dollar empire there's still human beings involved in every single layer that's making it operate um and so yeah. recognizing that those people still need to come together but how do i go out and change even one person's life if i don't check in on myself in the process. And so, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely correct. It's a never ending personal development journey once you decide to jump into See, entrepreneurship. My, yeah, my Enneagram type needed validation as usual. And I got it from the same Enneagram type. We're gonna talk about that now. So on, your words reminding me of someone who I truly admire in the industry, in the coaching industry, because the person has such high integrity, high skills. Uh, her name is Catherine Zemkina, Manifestation Babe. I don't know if you know her. She went from 2016, 2022 now to multi-millionaire owned business. Uh, hired 15 or 16 people and just provided jobs to people who faced adversity and were discriminated. I adore her because she will not, her entire, entire journey as a business owner was a personal development journey documented on everywhere. Like literally you can see the girl go growth from uncomfortably wearing braces to living in a studio in LA to living in a um, penthouse and just like I love that so much. And it's not about the values, just like the financial aspect of it, but who she's become to lead women like her a few years back. So you said Enneagram, let's dive into that piece because that's the, that's the sauce of today's podcast. And I'm excited for people who don't know, because there is a lot of stuff out there. The first question I have for you about Enneagram is what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. So it is an ancient, literally ancient um, personality assessment tool. And so you can always kind of Google it and take a free Enneagram test. Um, but the truth is that the answers lie within you. And so if you really want to know your true Enneagram type, it's for you to dig in. And sometimes that means digging into the uncomfortable things we usually like to sleep under the rug. But in order to become the best version of yourself, you have to recognize and acknowledge 
all of who you are. And so um, if you ever Google the diagram, like it's overwhelming. And I grew up with a Christian household. And so I had a lot of thoughts about what that symbol um, looks like as well, but it actually really breaks down our various personality traits. And so at the core of it, it's a circle. We're all human. And so it doesn't matter what your type is at the end of the day, we can all ebb and flow and be who we are. So your core personality type will never change, but in a particular day, you have growth and stress moments and someone will say something and we all have triggers and responses, but the Enneagram gets to the root of why we do what we do. And um, so a lot of these other personality tools will just kind of say like, this is what you are. You're an extrovert or an introvert. And then everyone wants to argue they're an ambivert um, kind of a thing. Or even the disc will say like, oh, you're a very dominant personality. And it's like, I'm a dominant personality. I'm a DC on disc, but I'm also an introvert. And so how do you really truly understand that? I think the Enneagram does a phenomenal job. And so there's three triads. Um, there's the heart, head and like the body, you're kind of that gut instinct type of reaction. And so you can think about a drastic situation, like getting fired from your very first job. I don't know, hopefully you're all like 17 and it's not yesterday, but whatever that situation was like, how did you want to respond? Did you want to hide under the table and cry? Did you want to analyze and think and process how you're going to get your job back? Um, Or did you kind of just want to like punch your boss in the face because like how dare they say these things and so are you driven by your heart your head or your body and so we're all like good people and everyone here listening is a saint so I know no one punched their boss but if you have that reaction you probably are an eight nine or one on the Enneagram the eight is known as the challenger the nine is the peacekeeper so they won't punch you but they're (laughs) thinking about it Um, and then the one is known as the reformer and so they actually have a very high standard of excellence so they could probably tell you all the things that their boss should have been fired for that they should have been promoted for as well but they all have a strong drive for justice and good in the world. And if they don't find the good that they're looking for, they can come across as angry people. Um, Your twos, threes, and fours. I'm flying through this because it's a podcast, but DM me on Instagram if you want more. Um, So the twos, threes, and fours are the heart-centered. Twos known as the helper, threes known as the achiever, and fours known as the individualist. They all um, are doing things, but they all do it to kind of be recognized by others. So I'm baking cakes so everyone knows how helpful I am. I have straight A's in school so everyone knows how smart I am. Or I'm just going to be like all out goth and emo and wear black from head to toe, um, you know, kind of a thing. So everyone knows how different and unique that I am. But they're all doing it essentially for attention and validation from the outside world. Um, If they are not able to get that, um, you know, people pleasing kind of thing that they need from others, they start to feel ashamed of who they are and that they don't have any worth. And then you have your head type, um, your head triad, that's the five, six, and seven. Five is known as the investigator, six known as the loyalist, and seven known as the uh, enthusiast, sometimes dubbed the party animals. Um, They are all driven by their thoughts. So fives want research and facts and data and information, and they probably actually are the smartest people you will ever meet, but sometimes they don't talk about it. Um, They're not bragging like the eights are uh, or the threes, but they definitely probably know more than the eights and threes combined. Your sixes are 
the loyalist, they are ride or die to the end, which is great if they are, you know, they got your back and you guys are working on a team together and not so great if they're in an unhealthy state and they're a little clingy. Um, and then your sevens are that party animal. As I mentioned, they are big pie in the sky cloud, all the thoughts and ideas, but they forget to write them down, which may or may not work out for a lot of types. If they are not able to see that vision that they are kind of expecting of the world, the good, the education, the smarts, that kind of thing, they naturally go into a place of fear. And it's kind of like that sky is falling type of fear, like worst case scenario. So there's great, um, there's great things to every single type. There is no bad type or good type on the Enneagram, but we do have healthy and unhealthy versions of ourselves. So you can always say like, am I striving to be the best version of my type? Or I am I in a not so great place and doing some not so great things? There's wing types, there's growth numbers, and there's stress numbers. Um, and so that's where you start to say like, you cannot be an eight wing four, but people will start throwing in random numbers. It's always a number that's adjacent to you. So I'm an eight wing seven. I like order. I like structure. I'm a challenger. I will have it out with word <laughs> in words. I won't punch you, but I'll have it out in words with you. But I also have a million ideas that I don't write down. And so I'd probably be a billionaire right now if I actually <laughs> wrote one of them down, but I just keep talking instead. <laughs> Kristen, this is like the most hilarious and awesome and informative walkthrough. I seriously feel like this needs to be in your words, need to be printed on a t-shirt or in some placard and put everywhere for people who have those crazy debates, you know, because there's so many Instagram accounts like talking about this and this and this, but you put it in such comprehensive, easy manner. And also I love that. Yeah. It's a lot of humor there because that just catches on and I could, relate to so many things you said. So what I hear you saying is that a lot of um, why we do what we do, it's at our core. And then once you identify with the features or extra, I call them features of a specific Enneagram type, you kind of get to know yourself better. Do you ever feel like you identify, you start doing that test and you're like, I know, but I feel like this is me. I feel like it's telling me who I am versus I belong here or I truly believe this is authentically me because sometimes I feel like it punches you in the gut what you learn about yourself. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. So the first time I took the Enneagram test, I'm a type eight. I tested as a type eight, but I'm like nosy and I read through all of them and I was like, I'm going to be a four. So I took the right individualist and I was like, oh, they're super creative. I'm creative. And I took the test three more times in a row. I was determined to be a four. I'm still an eight. They all came back eight. But like, um, I totally understand wanting to kind of see that thing. So being an eight doesn't mean I lack a creative bone in my body. I grew up doing musical theater. I pretend like I can write songs. I can't. Um, but I have a very creative way of doing things. It's how I process I'm that person who definitely had the Facebook banner that said music is therapy when they were in high school. Like, I believe that. So I wanted to be a four. But as I actually read through the eight and I thought about all the seasons of my life, even the super positive ones, how did I respond? Why did I make the choices that I made? were the type of people that I kind of gravitate towards. I was like, yeah, I'm an eight. It's okay. <laughs> um, but also it gave me vocabulary. I mentioned before, like I was always one of the few. I just called myself the weird girl. I liked both math as well as theater. And like, usually those two things don't mix in the same person. So I was like, I'm just the weird girl. Like, that's it. 
But then I started to understand I'm a very logical and structured person and I find what's mine and my passion and then I go 110% on it. And I was like, yeah, that makes me an eight. Got it (laughs) as well. And so it's really not about putting you in a box. It's about giving you liberation to explore. There's so many ways that you can show up as an eight. Both Martin Luther King Jr. and Adolf Hitler are Enneagram type eights. Wow. Those wow. two aren't you the same. Like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. no so, you know, you can choose what you do with your personality type. Mm-hmm. They both had a lot of people following them for two very different reasons. And you can choose what, you know, um, there's some other things that are happening in 2022. And you can Google both of those names and find out their Enneagram types as well. We all have the power to choose, and that's what makes you a leader. Do you want to be the best version of yourself or the worst version of yourself? Yeah. And the best part is we get to do it every day that we wake up. So, like, we get to start over a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're you saying that you get to choose what you're utilizing in your life. Like, what do you make it as a manifest in your life, a manifestation in your life of those features that you acquired by taking the Enneagram test. I wonder how many women are going to take the Enneagram test. I'm going to link this, whatever test you recommend in the show notes. So make sure to take that and see how you feel. And I feel like the lack of judgment when you take that, just the open mind. If I was to go back three years when I took it as a part of mastermind program, like Russ put you in a box, we actually, they put all the threes together. I was a three that time or tested as a three, but apparently it was so interesting to also see boy, we were referring to each other's behaviors a lot. It's like, oh, you're acting like a three. You're acting. And you know that that box, sometimes I actually have a friend who is so much in that box and she has a huge following on Instagram. And every time she talks, and for me, it's as often, I love her dearly, but for me, it's almost a knee-jerk reaction because I feel like I don't always associate with this. I don't want to be in the square container because I allow myself to venture out, uh, try something different. And just like you, I have a part of me, a musical background, 20 years in music and entrepreneurial background, logical, strategic, structured, all of that stuff. So it's very interesting the way you say it and the way you utilize the tools. And I love that you don't have that constraint because I feel like restriction and creates so much resistance in anybody. So you start facing those features as Enneagram three, as I tested before gosh, this is annoying. The moment you finish the project, you're thinking about another one without celebrating anything. What the hell? Yeah, I'm an eight. I do that too. It's it's bad. Um, (laughs) And then people will be like, how did you celebrate? And I was like, celebrate what? And I'm like, (laughs) it happens. Um, And again, like we're all human, but I'm learning. So uh, there was a point where I used to buy a new pair of shoes for every client that I booked. And then I had too many shoes. I didn't know yeah, I was gonna ask you. I donated closet. a lot of them. It was, yep. There were three bins of shoes. It was a problem, um, and I had nowhere to go. <laughs> <as well. laughs> and you like leggings? You told me. Yeah, <laughs> like leggings and Uggs. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm sitting in my leggings and Uggs right now. So why was I buying shoes? So you know, how do I celebrate? How do I want to do that? And so I am trying. My new thing is like quarterly trips, and a lot of time it's just like a four day weekend, and we'll mm-hmm. go somewhere relatively cool it's still in America but like something fun to do for the for the weekend and some sightseeing as well and so how do you celebrate but that's quarterly I'm definitely not doing that every time I book a client I'd be well I guess I don't have to be broke it'd be fine but like I wouldn't have any money to pay the rest of my bills if it was always about travel so it's what works for you but remembering to celebrate and so I do a little happy dance 
every single, like, I don't care if you spend $7 on one of these little low ticket things, or if it's $7,000 for speaking, it's like, I won, woohoo, do a happy dance. And then put that obviously one paying my bills and then two like the profits to go have fun um and and think about what that next travel is going to look like and so mm-hmm. absolutely we all have that and that's exactly it why I don't like it about putting people in a box is because you start to think oh well if I'm a singer songwriter I must be this or if I'm book smart and like reading I must be this it doesn't matter your Enneagram type everyone could either love books or hate books, but we associate the type five as a bookworm. Some fives never open books. Now I have judgment towards that because I'm like, who doesn't love reading, but not (laughs) because of their Enneagram type as well. And so recognizing, again, it's always a choice. Do what Mm -hmm. works for you, love who you are, but look at the Enneagram when it talks about the core motivations and what drives you. Is it intrinsic or extrinsic motivation? That's really where it comes from. Are you someone who likes structure or do you always want to be spontaneous? Now, how can I be spontaneous about exercising? Maybe I Mm -hmm. set that I exercise every day, but is it a run or is it weightlifting gets to be spontaneous in comparison to like, I know people who, and at one point in my own health routine, I like wrote down like three sets of 10 by this for this with this many weights. And I was like, I'm getting a headache. That's not how (laughs) I like to do things, but like, we'll do leg day. I'll just get it over with in comparison. So we all get to choose, but in what works for you and recognizing this works for me, trusting your gut. It's not about what's on that piece of paper. If you're Mm -hmm. honest and you're trusting your gut, you'll get the right personality type when you test. But at the end of the day, it's about knowing yourself and what works for you. And so if you think the Mm -hmm. Enneagram's stupid, don't come talk to me and tell me that, but like, that's fine. You are entitled to that opinion um, yes. as well. So don't come tell me, we'll have fights. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're a challenger. You're not going to be okay with that. No, that's totally cool. So you're saying that to use the tool for you and not make the tool working, you, you work the tool. And if someone is listening right now, it gets extremely intrigued by Enneagram. I have two questions. First of all, is there a book you recommend to read about it? Because there are so many and something that is clear and is aligned with your philosophy, because I like your philosophy validation. Here we are <laughs> going through a conversation. My mind is just going through the coaching process. And the second piece is how to, how do you utilize it with your clients specifically? Like what do I do? I find out my type. I'm happy and unhappy here. Where do I take it as a practical step? Yeah. So if you're new to the Enneagram or you want to dive more into it, there is a book by um, Ian Crone and Suzanne Stabile called The Road Back to You. Um, And I'll send you the info so you can put that in the show notes as well. But that's a great book for kind of that foundation of the Enneagram. I you'll even see it on my social media. I don't post like, this is your type and this is how you respond. Because again, there's healthy and unhealthy versions of us. I don't want to put you in a box and make you think that you're less than or not enough because this is how your type looks. Here's a tool. You can use it, truthfully take it or leave it, but I hope you take it. Um, But there's so much that you can do with it. What I love about connecting it with business owners is it allows you to make informed decisions on how you want to operate. Um, If you think about marketing, a lot of people will say like, if you love reels, post reels every day. And if you hate reels, never do them. But the algorithm says post reels or you're screwed. And so how do I bridge that gap? For me, it's like once every 10 posts, I'll make sure one of them's real. 
throw it in, but also that's where I have fun. My reels are unscripted. They have nothing to do with my business. I'm like, that's a cool audio. Let's go do something stupid with it and post it in comparison to people who are like three leadership tips or three Enneagram type, like I don't have time for that. Um, and so I post reels so that the algorithm will like me, but that's where I have fun. My seven wing comes out on the Enneagram and then like my post and my content is structured yeah. and serious as yeah. well. So find that balance of what works for you. I don't think you need to post every day. I literally couldn't tell you the last time I went live on any social media platform, but recognizing what works for me, what doesn't work for me, but there are still like marketing rules. There's still rules of sales and their sales psychology, but how can I make that work for me in a way that I'm going to enjoy it? If I focus on the fact that I'm helping people, then like, yeah, you, you, I give you a better life. You give me money. It's a win-win situation. And I focus on it in that comparison, in comparison to going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, here are all the thoughts. Like, trust me, I have my moments where I do spiral, but like I can recalibrate and think about the good that I'm doing in the world. And like, if this was a hundred years ago, maybe I'd be asking you to give me, you know, some chickens or half an acre of land. But in 2022, I'm just asking you for money instead. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said you also seems like you're so aligned and just kind of allowing yourself to use this tool. Like the way you think is the best for you and you're teaching women, not just falling into the mold, but actually amplifying their authentic features and authentic characteristics and personality types. Is there anything um, in terms of habits here in the Habit Queen podcast, I would ask you that. Is there any habits related to leadership skills that you feel like there I must, maybe they're your habits, maybe you just feel like I have to have them throughout the day. That makes me, they make me a better leader. Yeah, so I know people will interpret this however they want, um, but I do think pen to paper journaling is essential. Mm -hmm. Now I can't do it every day and I don't do it every day because that habit is not something I've worked on. Um, But I do know that I'm writing down, um, you know, there's the rule of 10. There's like truly just like kind of brain dumping onto paper. There's so many ways you can choose to journal, but at least to three days a week, I am writing down what matters most to me and kind of journaling through that process. So I think a lot of people think it has to be every day. For me, it's three times a week that I'm consistently journaling and taking that time for that practice. I have a morning routine, absolutely five days a week because weekends don't count for morning routines in my opinion. But Monday through Friday, that routine is a 100% consistent and only three days a week is that journaling. But like, trust me, the coffee never gets skipped um, in the process. So I think, you know, allowing flexibility in your routine is something really important, but being consistent is the most important piece of that. So three days a week is where I landed when it came to that journaling practice. And I will say, I still don't like it. I still don't think it's fun. And it's been like 10 years um, of journaling and haven't learned to love it, but I do absolutely know the value of it. And I love watching my growth when I do flip back over the months or over the years. And so I'll keep doing it because of the overall impact and not the like 20 minutes that I spend doing the work. 
Yeah, yeah. I love that you shared this because I thought that I was alone and here we are. Maybe there's someone else out there, right? If there are two of us, because uh, for the last 10 years since I became a coach, I had a really hard time personally. So this really, really resonated with me. And I invite guests for personal reasons. I'm being selfish. I just want to pick your brain and learn about you and then show you to the world as well. Share you with the world. Sometimes I don't want to, but I do it anyways, <laughs> because as long as we can benefit, right? Absolutely. This way. But I feel like for me, journaling as also I create habits and I'm not obsessive anymore about habits, but I know the core habits that I need and journaling is one of them, but there are weeks. And if it's a harder week, sometimes I will not take the time to journal. I just can't. And I allow myself to go two, three, four days without it. And sometimes for me, I had a really, really hard day this week totally transparent. I cried. I had a terrible dog fight uh, at the park. I witnessed like I went through a lot that day and I just made lists. I felt so overwhelmed and just make lists like pen to paper, this physical sensation of just getting what's in your head, swirling around, like circling the drain and not coming out anywhere, putting it out there and forgetting about it. You're going to sleep better at night. Just even if it's a bullet journal list or whatever creative dump you want to so I totally feel like that's an amazing habit. Any other personal, any other quirky habits you have, because you called yourself weird. So I'm calling you out. Tell me. Yeah, I'm totally weird. And I totally own that. And so actually one of the things that I love about being a business owner is this creative element. So I am not a graphic designer. I could never present myself as one to the world. Everyone would know it immediately. But I actually just like play around in Canva and I will make, I mean, it has 90% of the time, it has nothing to do with my business. Um, I do do a lot of like speaking engagements and obviously that's been like virtual presentations and I will remake the same present, like the text does not change. The presentation hasn't changed, but I will pretend like the graphics are changing and make a new, you know, template um, for that presentation. And part of that is just for the creative energy to come out. Um, there's so many different formats for people like old school, like PowerPoint. There's so many different formats and graphics and layouts and stuff. And I'll just play around with it to get that creative element out. Um, I mentioned mm -hmm. at the beginning, I pretend like I'm a songwriter. It's not beneficial, but at least on Canva, I can tell myself that I'm being productive um, yeah. while I'm wasting time, but it's just do something creative and, and fun um, that gets that, that energy kind of out into the world for you. I love that. Do you sing? I do sing. You, play, you do sing and play, play instruments? No, no. Just I played drums growing up, but I couldn't even yeah. try right now. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Do you have any habit you can't live without? Ooh. So I have two that I can't live without. Um, one is the Bible. Like I am still a Christian. And so I need Jesus. Um, and I need to read the Bible because that's how he speaks to us. Um, and then the other is audiobooks. I can't actually sit down and like hold a book in my hand and read it. Like I, I'm very capable of reading in case anyone's <laughs> trying to judge me. I can read but reading a book somehow makes it very hard. Um, and so audiobooks have been my thing. I think I'm on uh, maybe eight years now that like Audible wow. has taken all of my money and I'm very mm -hmm. okay with it. So this year, the goal is 36 books. I need time for the podcast as well. Um, but there's always something on like, I'm that person that always has background music. And so audiobooks, podcast music there's always something but I couldn't live without audiobooks wow yeah I'm nodding because I feel like I just found my best friend yay 
Audible will take all my money in the last few years for sure. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love your quirky habits and the fun habits. So I'm going to give you a few. We're going to start wrapping up and I'm going to give you a few rapid fire uh, questions you were not warned about. And since you said there are no taboo questions, there are no taboo questions. And oh God, here we and go. Then we'll talk about, then we'll talk about how people can find you to get more of your amazing energy. So favorite beverage? Coffee. Specifically uh, Americanos. Cool. You're a fancy. Uh, TV show? Today, I'll say Station 19. Ask me tomorrow, that'll change. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, pump up song, like your walk up song on stage. Uh, walk I don't know. <laughs> Why does that seem so hard? Are you checking yeah, your Spotify? Yeah, like, what was the last <laughs> Are you checking Spotify <laughs> Let's go look at Spotify. <laughs> Ask me the next one. I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> All right. Dog or cat? Dogs, dogs but I don't really do pets, but dogs. That's okay. Beach or mountain vacation? Beach. Awesome. Uh, the, a book that changed your life? 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. Of course you would name <laughs> just your John. How did I? Why was I doing bother asking? Uh, favorite dessert? I don't know. Um, I'm really a salty person more than like a sweets person. That's okay. But I... Favorite salty thing? Goldfish, classic. And I'm a mom, so oh, they're always around yeah. you. You're, that's right. One thing, and last one, one thing you can't live without. Coffee. Cool. I love that. Kristen, this was amazing. Are you still looking up a song? I can see. I, I have a playlist. Um, oh, I'll go fine. with like Unwritten by Natasha oh, Bedingfield, just because song. it's a classic. Yeah. That's such a- <laughs> song just like takes you by all the fibers of your soul yeah she she wrote a very good one there (laughs) that's absolutely Kristen thank you so much this was so fun I've learned so much as well about the Enneagram and I thought I knew a thing or two (laughs) definitely looking forward to reading that book connecting with you on social media if you're listening to this if Kristen spoke to you make sure to follow her for her fun creative energy and a lot of good knowledge as well on Instagram Instagram website, tell us where to find you, tell you that's what's going on in your business. Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. So it's Chris with a K K R I S the number 10 Edwards underscore, um, on Instagram. And then my website is Kristen Edwards You can click on either of those to find out ways to work with me. Um, I think the most common is these virtual workshops that I do for the Enneagram. I technically can do them live as well because traveling is a thing um, as well, but really how to elevate your business leadership by setting really clear intentions and knowing what works best for you. Self-awareness is that key um, to everything that we do. So definitely come follow me on Instagram. And if you want one-on-one support, that's always available too. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Any last words of wisdom? Learn to trust yourself. It's hard, but it's worth it. That's a good reminder. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was so fun to bask in your energy and have in a podcast. This is not the last time I know. Thank you.